The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's finally here. The Buffalo Bills kick off their preseason this week against the Indianapolis Colts. We made it through the long offseason and summer. And it's back to actual Bills football. Kind of. As always, you can leave your questions for us at 716-508-0405. That's our voicemail and text line. You can tweet us at Rumblings Q&A with the word and spelled out in the middle. Facebook messages, Instagram messages. Leave a comment in the comments section at buffalorumleagues.com. We've got a lot of training camp questions today, preseason questions today, roster battles, uh, kind of 53-man roster projection stuff, lots of really good uh, questions coming in this week as the Bills leave St. John Fisher College and head back to Buffalo, Orchard Park, New Era Field to get ready for the season. Stay tuned, and here we go. The question I'm getting a lot this week revolves around the Buffalo Bills running back situation. LaShawn McCoy finally spoke to the media just as training camp was wrapping up, and I don't think that the timing was a coincidence. He wanted the least amount of attention being paid to him, which, you know, for a guy like LaShawn McCoy is weird, but he loves to avoid the media. It's one of the reasons that I kind of went on my rant about him as a Bills captain earlier this offseason. And uh, he finally spoke to the media saying that the Bills adding all this competition was actually a good thing for him. It was motivation on and on and on and he said that it was a good thing that the Bills added so much competition Devin Singletary in the third round of the 2019 NFL draft Frank Gore before that and TJ Yeldon uh, in the middle so why um, is this the question of the week well people keep asking me if the Bills are actually going to cut McCoy and I'm just going to say just like I've been saying all offseason it wouldn't surprise me at all if they cut him I think it would be disrespectful to him, and Brandon Bean has shown a propensity not to do that, not to try and piss people off uh, as he's releasing them. So if it's going to happen, it's going to happen earlier rather than later so that McCoy can find another team to uh, latch on with. McCoy says that there were two teams interested in trading for him this offseason. If that's the case, uh, 
his $9 million or whatever salary cap hit uh, wasn't going to scare them off. And maybe one or both of those teams will still be interested in him now. But you saw the Bills do this a few years ago with Fred Jackson. They released him early so that he could catch on with another team. He ended up going to the Seattle Seahawks and being able to play in that season. If they cut him at the very end of the preseason, it's going to be tougher for him to land a gig. So the longer this goes on, the more likely it is that he won't get traded now or, or released. Obviously, that's going to be the case, but I um, I don't see it as something that's definitely going to happen, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. The fact that it's been so distinct during training camp reps, with LaShawn McCoy being the first guy through, Frank Gore being second, and Devin Singletary being third, and then TJ Yeldon and Marcus Murphy being a distant fourth and fifth. It just seems to me that the Bills have their top three guys, and there's really no doubt about it. The other thing is that Sean McDermott has already said he thinks Frank Gore is going to get most of the carries in the first preseason game, and LaShawn McCoy is going to get most of the carries in the second preseason game because they already know what they have in LaShawn. Is that because they're saving him LaShawn McCoy in this case, is that because they're saving him uh, to trade him? Probably not. That His value has gone down, down, down as the offseason has progressed. His value was at its highest maybe uh, before free agency opened. Or it could have been you know, maybe a year ago or two years ago or something like that. But you know, his, his value has plummeted. So there's just no use in holding him out to trade him. So they must be holding him out to get a good look at Ford or get a good look at Singletary or just to preserve LaShawn McCoy. So I think it's most likely by a long, long way that McCoy is still on the team when the 2019 season opens. Frank Gore is number two or 1A, 1B with McCoy. And then Devin Singletary is going to be the third guy through the rotation at least to start. And then it might completely flip over by the end of the season as Singletary gets his legs underneath him, both figuratively and uh, literally. That's the question of the week. At Bruce Exclusive asks us on Twitter, Are you more surprised by Cody Ford moving to guard or Robert Foster seemingly slipping down the depth chart? I don't think I'm surprised with either of those, Bruce. Um, a lot of folks had Cody Ford pegged as a guard coming out of college because he struggled at times handling outside pass rushes and speed. And uh, he's got just this Mauler's mentality, a very physical player. I think he works really well at guard. Um, looking on the other side of your coin, uh, Robert Foster slipping down the depth chart is something I've been saying was going to happen all offseason. People gave me grief about it because he was so good down the stretch in 2018, but I just saw John Brown and Cole Beasley and Zay Jones being more reliable targets, more developed targets. You know, Robert Foster was an undrafted free agent a year ago, then was cut by the team in October, had to get brought back onto the roster after Cam Phillips didn't really do a whole lot. So it just, it always seems like a stretch for me to think that Robert Foster was going to go from being cut to being the number one receiver in the span of six months. So that really doesn't surprise me at all. So I guess I'm going to go with Ford in this situation because I really expected Foster to fall down the depth chart as good as he was last year. I just didn't, I thought it was more of a, the Bills didn't have anybody else. And so he and Allen had a nice connection and a nice chemistry. 
but it was kind of fool's gold because of the lack of other players on the roster. So I'm more surprised that Ford moved inside to guard, especially because I thought Deion Dawkins might actually do that this offseason and not Ford. But um, they have Ty Nsecki at right tackle, uh, Cody Ford at right guard, and they could be really, really good at both of those positions right now uh, because those two guys are there. Thanks for your question at Bruce Exclusive. And uh, make sure you guys follow uh, the Nick and Nolan podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network uh, that Bruce is one of our co-hosts of. Thanks a lot for your question at Rumblings Q&A on Twitter. At Bill's Football, F-T-B-A-L-L. Scott asks us, I was wondering how Lee Smith has been performing. I haven't heard much about him at tight end, even with the injuries. Well, Lee Smith has a different role than Jason Kroom, Dawson Knox, and Tyler Croft are going to have in this offense. Lee Smith is a primarily blocking tight end. He is somewhere between a sixth offensive lineman and tight end. And so I think they just had different plans for him from the get-go. And he didn't really factor in when all those injuries happened. He's not going to be the guy that splits the seam or, you know, breaks out wide uh, to, to run routes, things like that. So because his role is so different, you haven't really heard him as a fill-in for Tyler Croft, Jason Kroom, Dawson Knox. That has been going more toward Tommy Sweeney the seventh round pick from this year, who's really looked good, um, surprisingly good uh, in that role. And uh, we might see a good chunk of him on Thursday night against the Colts and uh, into the second week of the preseason. So Lee Smith just has a different role than those other guys have on this roster. He's um, mostly going to be a blocker and then do kind of some quick releases or blocking and then delayed releases uh, to the outside or or across the middle uh, like he did with Raiders and like he did with the Bills before. So it's just because of his different role that we haven't heard a lot about him. He's been steady. He's been consistent. He's been exactly what everybody thought he was going to be coming into 2019. And uh, that's just those kind of guys that just do what they're supposed to do and know their role are... um, are pretty valuable in the NFL, as you can see by Lee Smith's contract. So uh, thanks for your question at Rumblings Q&A. At Britain 8 Charlie Britton on Twitter asks us, is there a free agent that signs after the second preseason game like a Ziggy well, I'll address Ansa first. I don't think the Bills are going to go after a defensive end right now. Shaq Lawson has been playing very well so far during training camp, and Trent Murphy seems to be back to his old form. Jerry Hughes has been playing great, and Mike Love has been really surprising. Uh, well, surprising might be the wrong word. He's been playing better than he played last year, but it's surprising that he's so far ahead of his main competition, Eddie Yarbrough. So Mike Love has been playing well uh, in that fourth defensive end spot. So I think the Bills are set at their defensive end position. So I don't think Ansa is going to be an ad that they're going to make. Um, I'd be 
less surprised if they added a tight end, uh, a free agent tight end coming in really solidify that position with all the injuries that are happening. And uh, that's just assuming that crew and, and Knox are far away from coming back. I don't really know. We haven't heard much since they uh, stopped practicing. They are doing agility work now, which means they're closer to returning. Um, so I'm kind of predicting that they're going to be back this week after the Colts game. But if those guys are far from returning or if Tyler Croft is not responding well to treatment or something like that, they're going to have to bring in a free agent tight end at some point, whether it's before or after roster cuts. So that's the position I'm looking at for them. If they bring in a veteran, it's probably going to be at tight end. Of course, anything could happen with injuries over the course of the next couple weeks, and we could see some other stuff happening. But like, they're not going to bring in another offensive tackle, I wouldn't think, uh, despite the Adrian Waddle injury. Uh, unless somebody else gets hurt, but they have Ford and Secchi and Dawkins still at that uh, offensive tackle rotation if they really want one of those guys. So uh, tight end is the guy place I can see them bringing in a veteran free agent over the course of the next few weeks before the start of the regular season. Thanks for your question, Charlie, at Rumlings Q&A. <laughs> We'll be right back after this break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We've got a text into our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. Michael in Rochester asks, Heard some news about Ford struggling against outside moves when he was at tackle. Yep. How is he looking now that he's kicked inside to guard? Well, it's a good question. He's looked very solid, uh, aggressive, great uh, power on the inside. Doesn't have to worry so much about the speed on the outside. Uh, I think he's looked really good at guard. We'll see him. Maybe we'll see him. Uh, in the Colts game at guard when they released their first unofficial depth chart or rep chart or whatever you want to call it. He was still listed as an offensive tackle and I'm pretty sure he was listed ahead of Ty and Secchi, but uh, they've been practicing him there partly because of injury, but partly because they wanted to see him at right guard. Uh, it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me if he got reps at both right guard and right tackle against the Indianapolis Colts on Thursday. And then of course, into the second and third weeks of the preseason. Eventually, I think they're going to figure out that Cody Ford, at least for this year, is the best right guard that they have. And Ty Inseki is the best right tackle that they have, and they're going to go with that. 
to give Josh Allen and the Bills offense the best chance that they can uh, for long-term success, which would kind of go against the grain of Brandon Bean. Uh, they threw Tredavious White in. They threw, threw Tremaine Edmonds in. They eventually threw Josh Allen in because they really had no choice at a lot of those positions. But they've shown that they're going to put their high draft picks into the game and into position relatively quickly. They don't have to do that with Cody Ford right now. They don't have to stick him out on the edge and say sink or swim. They can say this is what's best for our football team now. And then if they want to move him out to right tackle a year from now, I mean, Ty Seke is like 35, 36 years old. It's not like he's going to be playing that position for the next 10 years and ahead of Cody Ford. If they need to bring in Ford um, along as a young player, develop him at right guard, and then maybe kick him out to right tackle a year from now or two years from now, that's fine too. Right now, he's probably best at guard, and uh, they can have just a stout offensive line. Mitch Morris in the center, Cody Ford at right guard, and Tyne Seke at right tackle. What's wrong with that? I'd rather have him there than John Feliciano or Spencer Long. I mean, you could have that absolutely locked down on the right side. And then you could actually evaluate how Josh Allen or Devin Singletary or whoever in the Bills' backfield is actually performing because they have guys opening up holes for them. I think people are forgetting that the 2018 offensive line was so bad and the 2019 offensive line doesn't necessarily have to be better than that, even though they added a bunch of guys. But if they put Cody Ford at right guard instead of sitting him on the bench, um, I think that could be you know, a really good thing. So he's played well since his transition to guard. I'd like to see him against you know another team other than the Bills defense. Thanks for your question, Michael. Into our text line at 716-508-0405. KGB at SK8KGB asks us on Twitter, uh, who are some Bill's Wall of Fame candidates and why don't they have anyone going on this year? The Bills officially said that they weren't going to have anybody going on to the Wall of Fame in 2019 as they celebrate the team's 60th anniversary and the NFL's 100th anniversary. That at least kind of makes sense. Uh, I would still like to see Eric Moulds and Ruben Brown added to the Wall of Fame. They're two players that I think are really deserving of that honor. Uh, Ruben Brown went to however many Pro Bowls he went to in Buffalo. He was just a great player for the Bills for years. And Moulds was just such a stud wide receiver for the Bills that I think both of them need to be on the Wall of Fame before um, we get another little wave coming in the in the future from, say, Kyle Williams. Um, I know Fred Jackson is a fan favorite, but I don't necessarily know if he belongs on the Wall of Fame, which is a conversation for a completely different podcast. But Reuben Brown and Eric Moulds are the two guys I would like to see up there. They're not going to be put on there in 2019. They'll have to wait till 2020 uh, to get their names up on the Wall of Fame. Thanks for the question at Rumlings Q&A. Army Grunt at JB Trade Aristo 
on Twitter asks us, how's the kicker competition working out and who looks sharp and who not so much? It really comes down to whether Stephen Hauschka is healthy or not. His 2018 season went in the toilet after he got hurt against the New York Jets. And by all accounts, he's looked very healthy in the 2019 training camp. He's been playing very well. Uh, Chase McLaughlin, the undrafted free agent that they brought in his competition, has been doing okay. But I don't think he's been doing anything that's going to unseat Steven Hauschka, who, again, is healthy. Uh, he's been wrapping his ankle just a little bit. And I think he had to sit out one day of practice. But... It's just kind of maintenance at this point. He's 30-something years old and just needs the rest uh, on the body during the training camp when he has been playing at such a high level. So uh, uh, the, the kicking competition is seemingly over at this point, unless something really, really strange happens during one of these preseason games. It's going to be Steven Hauschka. Thanks for the question on Twitter, at Rumblings Q&A. Circling the Wagons at CTW Pod asks us, Are you surprised with the lack of Wyatt Teller talk this training camp? I'm wondering if he's on the roster bubble or firmly entrenched as a backup guard. I am not surprised with the lack of Wyatt Teller. I didn't think he was very good in 2018 when he was able to get into to the game. Like we talked about with Robert Foster earlier in this episode, I think it has more to do with the fact that they didn't have anybody else. Uh, folks were really excited when Wyatt Teller made his way into the starting lineup because they thought that maybe that signified that some long-term plan was in place to make him the starting left guard for forever. And I don't think he played that well. Uh, the Bills didn't either because they brought in a whole bunch of competition for him. Quinton's Bain has taken every meaningful snap at first team left guard except for the day that he was out and um, it just does not surprise me at all that Wyatt Teller is so far down the depth chart. I think they are going to try to find a way to stash him on the roster as a backup offensive guard and developmental prospect. They can do that especially now with the Adrian Waddle injury. They have an, you know, they have the spots to do it to keep a developmental guard, uh, especially with Mitch Morris's injury history, they're going to need to keep Spencer Long and John Feliciano, who have been cross-training at center. Uh, I think Russell Bodon is gone. Vlad Dukas is gone. So they can definitely keep Teller as that backup interior offensive lineman and a guy that can step in and play some snaps if if somebody else goes down. But he's probably going to be inactive most weeks. So there's your Wyatt Teller update from Bill's training camp. Make sure you listen to uh, Nate's podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel. Circling the Wagons does a great job. Wiltshaw337 on Twitter asks us, does Josh Allen get the whole season? play and learn even if he struggles or will they pull the plug on him like ej manual we've addressed this at least once on the podcast i think that he gets the entire season for sure there's nothing about the way he played in 2018 that would make me think that they pull the plug on him in 2019 uh they don't have a guy on the roster that 
would threaten him in Matt Barkley and Tyree Jackson. They have really hitched their wagon to Josh Allen, trading so many assets to move up to get him. And even if we use 2018 as a baseline, he would have to significantly backslide in 2019 for them to replace him with a legitimate candidate in the 2020 offseason. So I just don't know what he would have to do to be replaced in 2019. He hasn't shown that in training camp that he is like fully regressed. It's, it's going to be nonlinear. We have an article on this in buffalorumlings.com this past week. He's going to have ups. He's going to have downs. That's not a cliche. You know, very few things in life are a linear progression where we get better and better every single day. We're going to have backslides, and so is Josh Allen. So as the 2019 season goes on, you're going to see those backslides. Even if he throws bad interceptions, even if he runs more than they want him to, I just do not see a scenario where they're like, yeah, Matt Barkley is way better than Josh Allen this week or gives us a better chance to win. Now, they did that with Nathan Peterman and Tyrod Taylor just a couple years ago, even when Nathan Peterman was a green rookie and he got smoked by the the Chargers defense. So maybe Sean McDermott has learned from that. Hopefully Sean McDermott has learned from that. He says he's learned from that. But um, I just do not see any possible scenario where they take Josh Allen out of the game for anything other than an injury in 2019. Thanks for the question at Rumblings Q&A. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. As the Bills take on Indianapolis Colts this Thursday night, Make sure you can send in your questions after the game. 716-508-0405 is the phone number or text number. Tweet us at Rumlinks Q&A with the word and spelled out in the middle. Facebook message, Instagram message. You can email us at buffalorumlings at sbnation.com. Leave comments in the comment section at the buffalorumlings.com in our Q&A show notes. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show as we progress into the preseason. No injuries. Go Bills.